Welcome to the Amber Knight Superhero Podcast with Simo Suahemo. This show is your backstage pass to discussions with world-class influencers in the field of health, nutrition, and high performance. We bring you the selected tips and insights that you can use to upgrade your life and become unstoppable. Hello, fellow superheroes, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode, this very special episode of the Superhero Podcast. I'm your host, Simo Suahemo, and today... I am joined on the podcast by a very special guest who knows a thing or two about optimizing human environments. Uh, we're going to talk about air. We're going to talk about performance. We're going to talk about the office of the future. Uh, welcome to the show, Aki Sodansari. Thanks, Simo. Great to be here. Great to be here. And I'm honored to, honored to be here to discuss with uh, all the future uh, trends and, and stuff that I, I'm really enthusiastic about. So, Aki, how do you usually introduce yourself? Uh, at a dinner party or at an at an event, I know you you're uh, up to a lot of things. So, well, yeah, depending on the depending who's who's there, of course. But uh, I I'm a health related serial entrepreneur and and really uh, enthusiastic about human health, performance, and and happiness. So I mean, building building my education around that, but also also my companies around that. So so I'm just trying to be healthier and happier every day so and then trying to teach those teach or or develop products and and services to to uh scale that (laughs) so how did you uh get started on this on this track when when did you get uh informed and enthusiastic about health and human performance and what's what's the story behind the, the 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 phenomenon here well uh i grew up in northern part of finland in in lapland where there's like uh, 1.5 people per square kilometer, uh, and and uh, there's there's not a lot of people there, and uh, I grew up in in nature, uh, in 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 the wilderness and and uh, in the pure surroundings of 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 those forests and lakes, and uh, I've always enjoyed nature and uh, I've been competing in different kind of uh, sports until I was 18 or 19, uh, cross country skiing, orienteering, running, all of those those things and. Uh, from that kind of uh, history, when you're trying to improve your competitive per- performance, you always come up with the holistic uh, things, all the way from social to psychological to, of course, uh, kind of uh, more physiological stuff. And, uh, well, I was always interested in those, and at the same time, always interested in, in human behavior. So. Later on, I went to study study uh, to be a physical education and health science teacher, kind of behavioral background, and from from those on on more into the entrepreneurial world. world. Exciting! And uh, right now, you are uh, the CEO of Nova. Can you can you tell me a little bit about it? It's become a global phenomenon, uh, known known all around the world, from Europe to to the U.S. So, it's it's a it's a something something that I'm actually standing in the very close proximity of so so could you explain to our listeners what's what's it all about and why why the air that we breathe matters well yeah we're now in front of front of our nava there and breathing the uh chemical free almost chemical free uh humidify humidify added added uh, air here and enjoying the nature and well all of this came came from the kind of the childhood that even though I was growing up in the in the purest air in the world, according to the World Health Organization uh, in, in, in Lapland, I didn't appreciate it at the time. 
And uh, uh, later on, when I when I was traveling all around the world, especially in in Asia, I, I kind of noticed that the the air I breathed uh, back then was was a lot healthier. I, I, well, like five years ago, I went to went for a run in in Beijing and run for like two two kilometers and have to have to came back because I'm asthma asthma problems there, even though I haven't had any asthma atta attacks in, in like 15 years. So kind of realizing that the, it's, it's a privilege here in, in the Nordics to breathe the uh, cleanest air. So, um, and I had my own problems uh, during my childhood and, and an early, early adolescence. Uh, I studied in, in places uh, where they had some problems with indoor air and uh, uh, I, I had some symptoms like uh, uh, mucous membrane in infections, and I lost my vo voice a lot, and and some uh, some uh, eye infections and stuff like that regularly when I was growing up, and all the same same thing with the university time, and uh, the kind of the idea how we can bring nature inside, and all of those things came up about when when I was a teacher in in a in a school uh, two thousand eight uh, two thousand eight where I, there was a school that had some chemical problems, a new school. Uh, they had renovated the, the offices or the, the classrooms and so on. But I was teaching there like uh, health sciences indoors and then physical education outdoors mostly. And uh, I had these problems with my voice. I, I lost my, uh, I didn't, uh, I, I wasn't able to con concentrate a lot and I, uh, I said things twice, and the people said that you already said that, and I didn't realize it. So those kind of pretty severe problems back then, and it it used to repeat itself. Like from one o'clock to two o'clock, I was inside, had some problems. From two o'clock to three o'clock, out so outdoors, that I felt uh, fine. So kind of, I, I then I was just thinking about that: how can we bring nature inside? Right. And uh, I went back to study back to study at the university then I met my co-founder Nico who was back then doing some biological water cleaning uh, wastewater cleaning with uh, with algae and and uh, kind of specializing in, in in natural processes then we discussed that okay maybe maybe we could combine those that wastewater treatment facilities have been existing for 20 30 years where they use microbes to clean or naturalize water and now uh, with, with the Nawas, we naturalize indoor air and clean air uh, with, with the microbes. And actually, nowadays, we control the codes, uh, control the microbes with the code. So we've been combining nature and technology a lot. Very exciting. Uh, why should people care about the air uh, that they are exposed to in their, in their daily life? What's, what's the, uh, what's the uh, perspective there on, on health and performance? Yeah. Well, if, if you think about what, what do you need as, a, as, as humans every day, so you eat around one kilo of food, you drink two kilos of liquids, but you breathe 15 kilos of air, and in the Western world, you, you breathe 14 kilos of indoor air. So the effect of indoor air to your health and performance hasn't been fully realized yet. And uh, we at Nava, we think that the air you breathe is the next global health trend especially in the big mega cities all over the world, being it Beijing or, or even, even uh, Madrid or London or whatever. So they, they always have some problems due to the density of people and then, then the traffic and so on. So 
uh, that's going to be the next scarce, scarce uh, resource. I can I can definitely uh, second you there, uh, especially I can very much relate to the uh, story you told about China. I've been I've been also attempting to go for a run in in yeah. Shanghai and in Beijing, and it is pretty terrible. I mean, just uh, just uh, running running up a hill can be very exhausting, even even for a yeah. fairly trained, fairly uh, physically well-rounded individual, because yeah. of the uh, of the uh, or is it is it the pollutants or is it the the uh, carbon monoxide or is it just the sheer uh, lack of oxygen in the air or or what's actually causing the uh, the acute symptoms of of poor air? Well, that's a good good question, and uh, it's always a combination of things. So, for example, in the, the mild kind of uh, environment, uh, a lot of people feel tired in the afternoon. It might be due to that they have eaten something that's, something that's causing kind of their, their body, body to, do, to kind of feel tired or, or something like that. But, but if you think about the air quality, a lot of people are sitting in, uh, in an, in an uh, conference room where they feel that they run out of oxygen. Uh, Usually, it's because that the chemical levels in the room has risen a lot, and uh, that causes people to would someone open the door, or would someone open the window, kind of a thing. Right. So it affects your brain kind of uh, cognitive performance a lot. There's actually been uh, really good studies done done uh, with that. We can come back to that later. But then, if you look at the more kind of severe cases, uh, there there might be some that the, the chemical levels are high, or the, the the particle levels are high, which are causing kind of in the long run, a lot of problems to your to your health, and uh, there are a lot of more things also in the indoor environment than just the air quality. The air humidity has a huge impact on your your health that people haven't been realizing uh, yet so much. So when you look at um, larger cities like you mentioned, well, obviously the uh, the Asian Asian mega cities, but also uh, say Los Angeles, which is essentially a a, a city. Uh, crazy about motor vehicles, crazy mm. pollution, lots of smog gathering in the valley, and very little air moving uh, through yeah. a very, very hot atmosphere. Not too much humidity. Mm. What are what are some of the, the some of the types of problems that people can can uh, experience that that would need to be fixed for a healthy and productive uh, work environment and, and and living environment? Well, yeah, actually. Los Angeles has been the, one of the best, best examples that we can change the direction of the future. I think it was 1990, they had 250 smog days. Now they have, uh, at least a few, few years ago, they had six. So they've been changing it a lot, a lot even though, the, uh, again, the traffic is, is, is uh, huge there, uh, even though Musk is now trying to build some tunnels there. But, yeah, but, uh, Elon is doing his best to change yeah, things. Yeah, I don't know. Does it increase the traffic or not <laughs> when they have more space there? But anyway, uh, the, to your question, kind of what, what does it affect? Uh, there's a lot of research on, on indirect quality and human, human health and performance. So cognitive performance, for example, they did a study in uh, Harvard Medical School uh, a little over a year ago, groundbreaking study in uh, it's a double blinded study with the that they researched kind of average indoor office air, and then they researched kind of natural green air, kind of the air we have outside, and uh, the end result that was that uh, the uh, the air you breathe has a significant impact to your cognitive performance. 
your kind of ability work in crisis uh, to make strategy kind of normal cognitive functioning tests. So it was up to 61% that had an impact on 61%, average. 61%, that's huge. Yes. On for, average. Yeah, from average air to kind of natural air. And we all kind of feel that when you, at least when we live in the, here in the Nordics, uh, when you go for a run, uh, you know that feeling when your thoughts fly and so on. It's a combination of, of course, the physical hormonal things that you happens in your body, but also the, the air you breathe here enables, enables your, your thoughts to fly. Right. So at NAVA, we want to kind of provide the, the natural air that is existing outdoors and bring it, it indoors. It's kind of an organic indoor air, if you can think about it, as natural air as possible. And all of this kind of the idea origin is that we as humans, we've been evolving for the last, I don't know, 100 or 200,000 years. We've been living in a sealed, uh, sealed built environment for the last 50 years, 30 to 50 years, depending where you are. And our bodies hasn't evolved to that environment where they, where they breathe a lot of off-gassing materials from, from glues and carpets and, and, and uh, different, different uh, well, chairs and, and stuff like that. Yeah, like fire retardants that are, exactly, that are, yeah. that are present in, in yeah. basically every piece of furniture yeah. that we buy here. Yeah, so there's a lot of things. And then the kind of man-made air that we have in the in the, the sterilized air that we breathe through the mechanical air ventilation systems, which might cause a problems or might not cause. The, the basic idea that they bring fresh air in, is, that's always a good thing, of course. But there's a lot of sick buildings that have been existing for the last 40 years where they have some problems with indoor air and people people feel feel tired there. So it's not only the uh, the uh, uh, air outside that we're concerned with here, is it? It's it's also uh, our our somehow weird ability as humans to construct living environments where otherwise perfectly fine outdoor air becomes mm. uh, becomes uh, polluted or contaminated by by the chemicals that we use indoors, like in yes. as I, as I mentioned in, in furniture. Uh, or, or as you mentioned, in the mechanical mm. air circulation systems that we build into buildings. I mean, probably starting from from the materials that we use in in uh, in a in a essentially coating and painting our walls. Yes, and, exactly. And uh, and uh, at the dust that we bring in and and so forth. So what you're saying here is that there's uh, uh, there's uh, significant evidence of the uh, air that we breathe affecting our, our decision-making, affecting our cognitive ability. And, and I think that's massive and not that many people talk about it. What do you that think is. that is? Well, it's um, one problem with the indoor air quality is, is that uh, if your glass or your tea in front of you is, is dirty, you, you, you choose not to drink it. But if, if you cannot choose the air you breathe or you cannot see the air you breathe, which is kind of, it's, it goes without saying that you, of course, you breathe. So uh, kind of when you don't know how to choose the air you breathe, it's, it's pretty hard to make or be aware of it more and more. <laughs> right. So kind of if you could see that the air here would be green or whatever, or orange, <laughs> you would choose not to drink, uh, breathe it. But that's, that's one thing. And one regarding kind of, uh, again, from the, from the biological and evolutional point of view, uh, there's this... There's a, a, more and more people kind of are who are oversensitive to different chemicals. Uh, that's actually it was uh, diagnosed as a disease a few years years ago in, in in Finland, 
But uh, if you think about those really, really, really oversensitive people who cannot be in indoor spaces uh, because it has some problems with their their uh, uh, bodily mechanisms, but so they, they they are the people who sleep outside because they cannot be indoors. So right. so sensitive. But when they go to a forest, uh, they feel fine. But if we take like uh, air samples from forests, they are like hundred more. Hundred times more chemicals than indoor air, and there are molds and stuff like that outdoor air, but they don't feel any symptoms there. Hmm. When they go inside, there are some uh, again chemi- chemicals, a lot less chemicals, but they they have big symptoms on those. So the problem is now that uh, how can we bring the natural kind of components, na- natural chemical profile indoors as we have it in the forests and mountains? and and uh, get rid of those man-made chemicals, if you can say that, uh, in the indoor space. Very exciting, because uh, it, it almost seems as if uh, the purity of air is, is kind of not the, not you know, like the ultimate purity of air, uh, as in to aim for some air that would be absolutely devoid of, of, yes. of natural chemicals is not what we're going for here, is it? It's, it's more about bringing... Uh, the uh, the natural air that our ancestors used to breathe outdoors uh, in the forest, which is filled yes. with different kinds of chemicals, as I said, with with yes. uh, with uh, with uh, uh, starting from natural oils to to the molds and, and to yeah. the pollen that's that's uh, present there in the air from from the plants and the trees and and, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so so kind of mimicking that forest experience. That's exactly kind of where where we are heading at. That how can we create a natural indoor environment, as natural as possible, still being in the built environment? So how can we create uh, health-enhancing offices or health-enhancing buildings in general? And always when you go to an extreme, like when you purify the water enough, it's not... You cannot drink it. It's, yeah, it's toxic yeah. for you. Yeah, and because uh, like 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 the stuff you, you pour into your car battery, like yeah, like devoid yeah, exactly. devoid yeah. of of uh, all minerals, and it becomes yeah. actually actually harmful for the human body. I mean, exactly. it's 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 poisonous. Yeah. You yeah. can't drink that. So the kind of my end goal, as I started with this, that my personal mission in this life is to improve people's health, performance, and happiness. I'm always trying to go around those uh, test things with myself and my body, and then. Then, uh, of course, try to scale the working things uh, towards our team or or towards the people that I am in, in contact with. So, how about the uh, uh, how about the uh, health uh, benefits? Have there been any any quantified uh, studies of people uh, having less sick days, having less uh, respiratory disease, or 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 uh, not even catching the flu? As as a as a like uh, or, or having a less of a likelihood of catching the flu if if they're uh, exposed to a healthier air in their office in their home in their life or or how do you how do you look at this space in terms of uh, the research on on health? Well, yeah, the there's a lot of research and uh, really sound research on on the kind of uh, problem air spaces and those what what the effect have if you have a lot of chemicals or you have insufficient air ventilation system or 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 you have some some problems with the with the building uh, but there isn't so much from the as i said is the harvard medical school study was a groundbreaking study because they uh, they investigated average air not problem air right and then the kind of natural air so I think there's a lot of kind of loss of productivity in our everyday lives, in our average offices, in a way that uh, 
you might feel tired. It, it, it might be due to because of the air quality or the oxygen levels is one thing, but the resin, resin chemical levels is one thing. And uh, as I mentioned, the air humidity has a huge impact, especially here in the Nordics, where you have four seasons and the uh, air is dry during the well half of the year. And uh, th th that's due to that. Uh, if you think about the, your, your, for example, mucous membranes, uh, there's the, if, if the air is dry, it, it dries up the, the micro kind of uh, surface of that, in a lack of a better word. And there's some micro cracks to the mucous membranes. And those micro cracks, when they are dry, they, then the viruses and stuff like that can go through that. Right. So the, if you keep uh, more kind of a normal, maybe 30, 40%, even higher, depending where you are, uh, air humidity, you are, you have a better health for your skin, but also for your kind of uh, uh, defensive system in, in in many ways. Okay, so it kind of uh, having having uh, not enough moisture in the air exposes you to these to these uh, uh, immunity or or you know like lowers your immunity effectively. Yes. You become more vulnerable. Yeah, and and the more humidity you have in your air, the the more the dust kind of falls down. The more, the less per particles you have in in your air, and so on. Right, so makes there's sense. A, there's a lot of kind of benefits on on that, but again, the kind of problem in in the office environment or home environment that how do you do that? Sure. There are these we call them in UFOs in Finland. Those kind of small, small UFO shaped air humidifiers that you have. Yeah. Uh, those are kind of good in a way, but the, then you use electricity and then there's a problem with mold if you don't do that and you have to add, uh, uh, increase the water water all the time. That's one way to look at as, uh, how can you uh, humidify the, the air. Right. One so that would be like an example of a basic humidifier where you actually pour some water and... Yeah. And uh, what, what's the mechanism there? It vaporizes water yeah. slowly into the yeah. air, or that's that's the kind of a, the kind of a old way to do it. Right, right. Uh, how we kind of look at this because we want to build healthier and happier workplaces at Nava, so we we wanted to look at the indoor environment as a whole. So what what we are doing in our system with with the Nava kind of active smart uh, green wall, we we humidify the air through the, the through the plants. So we water the plants, and there's a kind of inorganic growth medium where we can adjust the the water levels and and so on. So we can vaporize vaporize the the air through the root zone of the plants and through the plants. So it's a natural humidifier in a, in a in a sense because it has such a huge impact on on people's performance and 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 so on. So I think we now have to have to kind of dive in to something that I've been wanted to discuss with you. I'm standing next to this wall with some, um, it, it has some fans, it has uh, real plants. These are, these are actually real growing plants that we're talking about here. And uh, we also have some lights. I assume that they're of a special quality since it can keep the plant flourishing and, and, uh, and humans and, uh, also. feeling well. And humans as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, humans as well, even in, even in, in, our, in our office. So... And there's also a guy who who stops by at the office every now and then. Yeah. So I would love to to hear what's going on here. What what's what's happening right right beside me here yeah. with this wall? Well, our uh, at Nava, our mission is to reconnect humanity with nature. So kind of we're stepping a few steps too far, kind of disrespecting nature 
and uh, not kind of using nature in our everyday lives. So we're not in contact with nature in our everyday lives. And we want to kind of make a change in that. So we have developed these uh, smart uh, green walls where we control microbes in the root zone of the plants with code. So kind of combining technology and nature. So it's a biological filter uh, cleaning air uh, with microbes. So the microbes will break down harmful chemicals from, from indoor air and turning it to uh, nutrition for the plants. So it ventilates air through the root system of the all time. There are fans up there who are pushing, pushing the air back to the room. So it's a 24-7 biological filter that optimizes itself and, and uh, uses nature as a part of a machine there. So what you're saying here is that it's actually the, uh, uh, the bacteria in the roots of the plants that's, that's uh, the main component here, if you will. Yes. So, so what, I'm, what I'm seeing here is that these plants are kind of, uh, they've been, uh, they're, they're kind of um, popping out of this wall. We have some, have some, uh, some sort of soil in which they grow. And the, uh, the, the fans at the ventilation is kind of pushing air through. Yes. So we actually we got rid of soil because soil has some problems with indoor air. They might cause mold when they're not taken care of. And, and the, actually the, the soil inhibits the air purification of plants, which is like no one knows that. So uh, when we when we wanted to create uh, when we wanted to bring nature inside and we wanted to have the natural air that you have in the forests indoors, we researched that how plants purify air, and uh, NASA had been studying in the 70s and 80s how plants would purify air in space stations. Right, and they they did a long longitudinal studies there and they found out, for example, that. 95-98% uh, of the plant's air purification happens in the microbes in the root zone of the plants, not in the leaves that people think. Yeah, that's because that's the common conception, it right? Is. That, that, that the, the greener the leaves yeah. and the more, the more leaves, the better because the yeah. leaves are the ones that purify air. Wrong. So, 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 okay, so this is a myth. So the actual purification happens in the roots. Yes, and, and that's part of our kind of secret sauce that we develop is this inorganic growth medium where we have uh, seven to eight different ingredients, then we do biological and chemical things to that, uh, uh, we call it growth medium. So we activate microbes in the growth medium with this biological and chemical stuff, meaning that this is a wastewater treatment facility, uh, but on indoor air. Right. And the plants are kind of good looking part of the machine. Actually the plants don't have anything to do with the air purification here. We need those plants as a part of the kind of ecosystem here but the actual machine is inside of these. And then we, we, of course, want to bring nature inside as a whole. So that's why, that's why we have good looking plants with a good looking light that keeps the plants healthy. healthy. And actually that's one of the topics that I would like to discuss today uh, for people's performance and health. Uh, nature has a huge impact. Oh, definitely. So kind of seeing nature and, and uh, there's a, scientific uh, phenomenon called biophilia love of living things and people's kind of natural tendency to uh, when they have a window they look outside of it they they want to be in their cabins they they want to have surround them surround themselves with well wood wooden tables or whatever kind of natural things yeah we're standing uh we're actually having a standing desk session here with with uh 
uh, with a wooden table in, yes. in front of us, which is also, I, I guess, a sign of this biophilia phenomenon. It is, it is, it is. So people, people love it. And, and there's a lot of uh, robust scientific studies on that. Uh, what, does, what kind of effect does it have your, on your creativity or problem-solving skills? And uh, that 15% of those, there was a big uh, study done that you have a 15% better cognitive performance and a lot of other other traits when you when you see nature just just by seeing nature is one thing so just seeing hacking your productivity by 15% is possible by just being in nature seeing nature yes just having living things around the office like um like um a wooden table, some plants, or even Ex even office pets. I, I think uh, yeah, even yeah. that might be a phenomenon. People e exactly. feel better when they when they have a, a puppy or, or, or a few cats running around the office and, yeah. and their home and in their life. Yeah, yeah, and, and things like natural light. Enough natural light has a huge impact on your your health. And uh, for example, if you you're not sitting in your cubicle, hopefully not cubicle, but sitting in your office, kind of where do you where do you head your table or hmm. of course you have your screen there but even if you have some view on the nature that would be uh, that would have a huge impact on your health and performance especially con cognitive performance so keep in mind for that also kind of thinking about the how does the indoor environment affect your health you have a not many of us think that you have a microclimate in in front of your desk or where you have your computer and there's uh, there are some studies done that if you you if you really have that cubicle kind of walls, the microclimate in the inside of the cubicle because it cannot the air doesn't circulate not uh, so much in there, and when you have a computer, there's always a fan there, so it actually provides uh, a lot of chemicals, chemicals and and particles that the machines that we use. And uh, if you have those walls around you, you will have a, a lot of drier air with a lot of chemicals and, and problems with that. Right. So kind of if I think about the productivity hacks, kind of your microclimate around you, you have enough fresh air, you open the valves in your windows if you have those for the fresh air intake, or you position yourself that you see nature or you have the fresh intake from the air ventilation system right, right in front of you. So, uh, speaking of productivity hacks, what does your own workstation uh, or, or kind of a preferred office setup look like? Now that you mentioned uh, uh, taking care of that your computer vents or, or all, the, uh, all the electronics that you use aren't the sole source of, of, mm. a, of a air that, or, or, or uh, don't have the opportunity of saturating the air around you with mm. uh, chemicals that come from within or, or without drying the air, opening up your vents. Uh, wherever you're working, uh, hopefully you have some something something uh, uh, of a of a semblance of a of a window to open every now and then, yes. or even working yes. completely outdoors. So, what does your own setup look like? Well, we're we're now moving into a new office where we try to kind of uh, we we try to get get those all of the small things right there. So the uh, physiological, psychological, social kind of impact on, on that. So we're trying to build this health 2.0 office. Uh, in our office right now, I don't have a view on nature. So that's why I have, uh, of course, Nava, one of our products products there as the kind of the view on or the window to nature, yeah. of course. Uh, then, of course, I, I try to maximize the, the the fresh air intake through the the windows uh, and uh, those those kind of fresh air valves, I think that they're called in English. 
of course, Nava will take uh, uh, most, most part of that, and I, I, I can really feel the difference when, for example, the water has run out in, in our system and it's not been on for the weekend for, for so, or, or so. So it has a huge impact on that. But I, I have a normal standing desk, so I try to change, uh, I don't know, every hour or two the, the position I'm in. And actually, I'm trying to kind of understand better those kind of the, the biohacks that your body tells you. So for example, if you need to change your sitting position, it's time for stand up. That's kind of a natural biohack from your body, singing signals that, okay, my my products are now kind of <laughs> kind of uh, in pain or the, yeah, the air doesn't getting flow. numb or yeah, you know yeah. like feeling yeah. feeling like shifting positions yeah. you should so stand up stand up instead yeah. of and shifting positions again again yeah, exactly yeah and and then when your feet are tired from standing sit down so it's not kind of standing in the same position for 7 hours has actually pretty much the same impact that sitting seven hours. So it's, it's kind of changing. It becomes all, detrimental all. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So those those kind of small things are, are of course, important. Uh, and I, then I try to change every, every like, a few hours the, the work, in our work environment where I am. So uh, I'm not tied into one position, and we try to do that in our offices all the time, that we don't have our kind of own desks in a, in a way of course people prefer some some of those but uh, we, we try to change it as much as possible also for the kind of the uh for your head and your kind of creativity and so on changing the environment for the for different kind of stimulus to your, to your head then there's of course the nutritional stuff that uh, i've been trying to understand from my body point of view a lot a lot and and uh then, for example, in our, in, I use this app called Calm.com, which is a really cool kind of natural sounds, meditation, and so on. Yep. I try to do that every every now and then. And th then I'm kind of equipped with a lot of, lot of the different technology. I have a aura aura ring for. Yeah, for I noticed you're you're wearing your aura right now. Yes, yes, I am. So I've been kind of from the competitive cross country uh, point of view. We use then different kind of uh, uh, well. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they want a lot of these biohacking tools that you could do, but we we, we try to try to do as much as possible then, and then during the last 10, 15 years, that's been exploding a lot. So I I'm not kind of obsessive with all the technology, but I try to understand my body better by using this technology. So the Aura Ring or the Fitbit I have on my phone. Or I used the first first beat uh, first beat technologies uh, regularly, so I try to understand my, what my body tells me because, well, the, the my body is the only place that I have to live. So, as we all know, <laughs> that's 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 very true. How do you use your use use your aura uh, in in your in your? Uh, can you can you share with our, our listeners what it's what it's all about to you? Well, yeah. Uh, well, sleep is one of the most important things that I. So what we're me, yes, uh, so what we're talking about here is a is a um, uh, uh, tracker that you wear on your finger. So it's a it's a yes. wearable tracker for HRV and, and other biometrics yes. uh, that that uh, you can wear as a ring. It's it's it is essentially a ring. So it's, it it's very very compact. 
Yeah, and this this measures my sleep activity and kind of readiness level. So when you uh, in this high-paced growth engineering game that we are at, at now and growing fast uh, in international markets, of course, I need to make sure that I'm able to perform my best all the time, also for my family or for my friends and so on, not not just for the work work environment. But uh, uh, well, this uh, monitors my, as I said, sleep activity and readiness, and then I can see kind of feedback from this ring or my app app that what I've been doing yesterday and and how does it compare to like the last 30 days or so so when there's when my readiness level drops down I might not go to the gym tomorrow morning right so those kind of small habits habits that we we want to do and uh, well based on this data and and of course our daily active uh, activity things in the in the office we try to uh, there's a lot of biohacking small details habits that we do in the office office we do some some meeting push-ups when people are, are are tired or we take a lot of walking walking uh meetings and and uh, that's great and hydration is one of the most important things that you can do for your for your kind of biohacking so uh, I, I read a study a few years ago that it, it has a, like a 12 percent impact on your cognitive performance if you're mightly dehydrated uh yeah, pretty much everyone is at some point of the day, exactly. really. And if you think about those kind of biological hacks that you can do or the measurement, you ha I have a ring here that measures stuff. But if you think about you going to the toilet and kind of uh, monitoring what's the color of your urine, is it greenish or yellow or is it is it kind of see-through? Yeah. Like yeah, just transparent. What, what, I mean, like that's yeah. just... Just just basic human That's, operations, yeah, really, like yeah. monitoring your inputs and outputs. Maybe someone will make an app for that, kind of <laughs> taking a picture of your urine and then giving giving it. But again, kind of making your performance better, if I have a urine which is uh, uh, yellowish or something like that, I always drink a lot of water. And keeping yourself hydrated is, is one of the best hacks that I could kind of uh, give to people. Uh, and... Well, nutrition is one, of course, but uh, different small habits uh, to your health. And there's this psychological or social psychological study that uh, learning new habits, you need to you need to do it five times, like with force, or you have to kind of consider that you need to do one a new thing for five times. Then you have the the kind of uh, uh, then it's more likely that you win uh, than than you fail, but you need to do it 21 times to make it automatic. Right. That's like the the number from the study that if you do one new habit 21 times, then it's automatic and you don't have to kind of force yourself into it. So you have to be you have to have long nerves when you're trying to find new things to your to improve your everyday life. Yeah, uh, overcoming that habitual inertia if you will i've yeah. also also yeah. also heard that a couple of times like ranging from anywhere from 21 to 30 to 40 repetitions something in that range or yes or doing a or incorporating new habit into your mornings for three or four weeks typically yes. seems to be a recurring term uh or a uh a recurring uh time window in literature mm. when you look at these studies um i i've always found it fascinating just 
just being able to incorporate small good decisions in your daily life. And I think yes. much much of this much of this also comes down to to uh, to a first understanding yourself and realizing what needs to be changed and then making those changes actionable. But to be honest, uh, before we had 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 the uh, this green wall in the office, I mean, and it's we're called really, Nava. Yeah, <laughs> and and what we're uh, what we're what we're really really looking at here is 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 a is a is a kind of a, a wi- you you mentioned an, a window to nature. Mm. I, I think it really is that because I find myself often during work days uh, just uh, just feeling better looking at this looking at this this uh, this a green window. Yeah. Uh, what we're what we're talking about here is is after all it it is a like a six feet tall wall of 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 green stuff. It's what are these plants actually? Uh, I I forgot to ask ask you previously. Yeah, the the plants are found from anywhere around the world, and those are kind of normal plants that even my grandma in the in the uh, used to say in the seventies that they clean air. So they they've right. known for that. That most of them are kind of jungle plants jungle plants and then we get rid of the soil and then then uh, install it, them to the, our, our growing pots with our growth medium and then use it as a part of the machine there sure and so, uh, yeah so because because what, what I'm what I'm really feeling here is is that this is a very actionable thing to do for yourself for your office for is. your living environment we used to have this uh, air purifier actually I think we still do like a like an uh, uh, like an uh, HEPA filter, yeah. uh, air ionizer, and and uh, and all, I think it also does something something to the uh, to the uh, air moisture. How mm. does how do devices like that? We already talked about the uh, the basic air air humidifier a bit, like the classical one that you have to fill with water yourself and it, yeah. it, it vaporizes the air uh, or, or or the moisture into the into the air. So how do how do these uh, different technologies stack up? Uh, against each other for and, and how should someone willing to improve their their air quality and their living conditions their productivity indoors yeah. go about this because there's a vast array of technology there there is yeah so if you look from the machine point of view we finish our usually engineering based based people I'm, I'm not an engineer so i can i can just oversimplify things <laughs> so uh this is this machine is a air purifier air humidifier and a green wall and it's it's combined with fully it's fully automatic so all you need to do is is add water every two or four weeks depending on the season it has a integrated watering system air ventilation system lightning system it sends data every five minutes to our cloud and in the cloud there's a artificial intelligence optimizing your air quality and humidity all the time so it's not not a kind of a stupid machine which is just doing something it's trying to understand and it's actually connected to the weather satellites also so because the wow. outdoor weather has a huge impact on your humidity, for example. So yesterday there was like minus six Celsius degrees. Now you have minus 15 outdoors. So yesterday, I think it's on the on the line here. That it, uh, does it, uh, it? It might do it in, in this. If, if it was like 25 degrees outdoors, it would yesterday start humidifying the air because it, he, the NAVA knows that tomorrow it's going to be the air, air is going to be not optimal for your human health. Wow. So it's actually optimizing based on what's going to happen tomorrow in the yes. weather, as yes. well as the fact that we're here, two carbon-based life forms, yes. transforming, transforming uh, this, this uh, air that we're breathing now yeah. into, into uh, something that contains more carbon dioxide. So what, what it's doing, it's sensing that. Yes. And you're saying that it's, it's optimizing the, uh, 
the uh, the air quality as we as we are we are uh, affecting it. Yes, it does. It does. So wow, uh, that's actually a lot more exciting than I than I than I uh, yeah. imagined because that's that's a very proactive approach. Well, that's the kind of. From from my background, from the uh, health and and uh, kind of the, all the way to the kind of master's degree in, in in sport and health sciences, it's all about preventive health, and and here also it's a more it's all about preventing kind of making the indoor environment as healthy as possible to humans as we can do it here with our current technology. In the future, we will do a lot more more here and trying to understand it even even better. So uh, and this is all kind of. Because the help, because of the help of, of technology, we couldn't do it here. And we always say that nature is much more smarter than an engineer. In a way that, if you think about mechanical air purifiers, they are good ones and they are needed. This, this Nava doesn't do all the things that a really good, high quality uh, mechanical air purifier can do. Even, uh, especially in those like really polluted cities or factories right. or whatever, we cannot do that with with our our one. We are specializing in in this kind of uh, normal, average kind of indoor air environment, uh, it's it's not for the it's not for the uh, high kind of uh, polluted stuff. It's for the indoor and, uh, and stuff and so on. Sure. But so a it's lot not of those... like a factory purifier, uh, yeah. of course, because that, yeah. I, I assume those challenges might be a very bit, different from our, different. our everyday offices. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And. Kind of comparing again to the mechanical air ventilation systems or the filters there, they are designed to do what the engineer has designed. And in a lot of those, for example, in the, in, when the, you have some problems with indoor air, you don't know what's the reason. You, you take some indoor air samples, take it to the lab, result is that there's nothing wrong with it. It might be the small nuances in the in the chemical cocktail that might cause you some problems hmm. or me some problems or the third guy some problems. And and uh, some of us react to it, and some us, someone doesn't. So, for example, when you're in the springtime in the field of for, uh, uh, flowers, I might feel the best. But if you have some allergies, you don't feel your best. Sure. But there's nothing kind of wrong with the with the with the flowers in <laughs> yeah. in, in that <laughs> way. So it's that our bodies are reacting differently. Same goes with the indirect quality. Uh, I'm oversensitive to chemicals, and that's one of the reasons that we we started this company to bring nature inside in in that way. So uh, it's always depending on who's there and uh, how how do they think about it. Sure. So from a biohacker's perspective, and and with all the knowledge that you've gathered, what do you what are your some some of the basic steps or suggestions someone could do to improve their their uh, living environment air quality, be it at the office or at home. Well, the first thing is to think about it. So in our everyday lives, we go on most most likely that we don't think about the indoor environment surroundings, being that, for example, that if you if you could choose to see the nature from the window, but you are kind of getting yourself to the corner and looking at the corner of the cement wall there, <laughs> it's, it's not good for you. You might have the option already. So kind of waking up for those. Uh, surrounding and, and having kind of an everyday interaction with nature might be the one of the most important hacks that you can create. Being it walking in the in walking in, in a nature or seeing in nature, even the office plants are are better than not having plants plants there. So uh, surrounding yourself in, in in nature and of course kind of doing natural things. As I started the kind of conversation here, my point of view is to how can we 
understand better that that uh, Aki that lived uh, ten thousand years ago and what was the how the body has evolved and how can we create that kind of a natural environment in in many ways uh, natural behaviors uh, hormones is one of the things that are leading us and uh, we don't understand our hormones a lot so why I'm pissed at some point it might be just to, that I'm hungry or or, or, or I have I've been sitting there for four, four hours or whatever it is. So understanding our body is, is one of the key issues here. And I don't, I don't have a trick for that, but it might be just listening our bodies and then using technology like, like uh, we, we try to do to understand our bodies better. So uh, for, for example, uh, due to the, I don't know, 10,000 or 20,000 hours of using heartbeat, heartbeat monitor back in the 90s, mm -hmm. uh, skiing, skiing in the nature, I, I, I know by like five, five beat accuracy what's my heart rate in, in when I do exercise stuff and so on. So kind of you learn, learn that way. Right. You're saying without an, a meter without, right now. Yeah, so you yeah. now have developed that intuition yes. from, your, from your background in, yeah. in cross-country skiing. That's fascinating. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's actually an amazing example of how employing technology can at some point exactly. make that technology redundant. You don't need that heart rate monitor anymore. Exactly, You've yes. developed that intrinsical sense of yeah. what your body is what your body's doing, what you're, what's happening with your heart yeah. rate. And as an example, kind of uh, with the aura and... and uh, What's the the sleep monitoring? Bedit, Bedit uh, yes. or uh, MFQS yeah. or yeah. Yeah, but Bedit. I've been using those. So, so uh, you're also a user of Bedit. Uh, yeah, I've yeah, been using I, that I, for I'm two years. I'm too. I'm too. Yeah, yeah. I, I really love these these kind of um, machines in a way. And if you think about, because I'm an obsessive learner in many ways, so I try to understand my behavior, people's behavior, and, and so on, and what does it affect in into those kind of principles of biology meaning those hormones or whatever it is. And uh, in the morning I have this, uh, this is like sick in many ways, but uh, uh, <laughs> when, I, when I woke up, uh, I try to guess what's my readiness level based on how I feel and yeah. then see it from the aura or see it from bed, it kind of, those kind of things. So oh, that's I'm, fascinating. I'm, yeah, so, so first you're making kind of a self-evaluation yes. and then seeing how close to the yes. truth it lands, depending on your yeah. bed it, Sleep yes. tracking, HRV sensor, yes. or your, or your, uh, or what, 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 what else? Which, which other metrics do you use to verify that that kind of a guess or uh, estimate? Well, yeah, with the with the sleeping, I use those two, uh, and then I've used you know the first beat, first beat. I do. Can you can you tell to your audience what it is, what's what it's about? Uh, it's a heart rate variability meter that you use. It's been developed like f uh, through the last twenty years. And uh, it kind of uh, it measures your stress levels, sleep also, some kind of activities. It's not really part of that. It's been used in all the tier one baseball, uh, Formula One, ice hockey, NBA, all of those. Those like I think they have like fifty tier one sports clubs in the world using those. So also essentially, in Formula they, one. so essentially, I guess what they're doing there is measuring their. Uh, a state of recovery in the morning to optimize their workouts or training. Yes, all of those. Uh, the difference between these kind of rings and, and wearables is that you use it for three days and you can adjust these uh, meters to your chest. And oh it's, yeah, it's the not electrodes, and, electrodes and measure those for three days, I guess? Three days, going, yeah. Going, three to yeah. five days, depending on that. So I use it like a, almost quarterly right now. Uh, uh, but it's 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 not as easy as as you have these kind of things. The aura is not as extens extensive as as that one, 
but uh, it's easy to do it when you can have it on your on your head. Sure, you're uh, wearing hand. it all the time, basically. Yes. So yeah. Yes. Uh, so those kind of small things. I have a Wi-Fi connected uh, Fitbit the the scale, so I try to kind of understand the activity from my Fitbit and then the the scale of the, what does it what does it impact the the, the weight and, and and stuff like that. I've uh, been fortunate enough to have a kind of stable weight, so it's it's not a problem for me. It might be helpful for for people that have some fluctuations in their in their weight, but uh, I usually been waiting almost the same for the last ten years. Right, years. But then the nutrition is of course one thing, and uh, I've been previously kind of coaching different CEOs and 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 uh, leaders in, in in companies to kind of enhance their everyday health and, and so on. So we usually start from the the rhythm of, of how do you eat and, and what do you eat exactly. And again, I'm a simple man, so I try to simplify things a lot. But if you look at the protein synthesis of your body, it's it's like every six, uh, every every uh, three hours, there's a kind of a mechanism, bodily mechanism in your body called protein synthesis, where you use use protein to kind of repair the cells and stuff like that. If the amino acid amino acid uh, pool is empty of proteins it doesn't it doesn't turn off <laughs> on in a, in a way and uh, so you need to have protein every six times uh, six times throughout the day so the most simple kind of uh, nutritional biohack is is that is that uh, have uh, for a guy like me it's 25 to 30 grams of protein every three hours mm. that's it and if you do that, then you might you, you have a more kind of healthier diet in in as a kind of a uh, kind of a, a byproduct, a, a even, byproduct, even, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So if you have that kind of uh, rule of thumb, uh, a heuristic rule in, in in that way, you will be healthier for sure. And calculating calories or thinking about the, all the details, what kind of acids do you use, and so on. That might confuse people, and people. Some of people like it, but if you think about the general audience, rule of thumb for my eating is that 25 grams of protein when I eat. Yeah, that's usually uh, goes without saying. Yesterday I eat at, eat at McDonald's, so depending <laughs> depending on on how do you do it and, and and so on. I I try to watch what I eat from the kind of again the natural body point of view, biology point of view, to understand that one. But of course it's. It's the ninety percent that you eat that matters. Exactly, and developing that baseline as as yes. as as you build these habits. Exactly. It, yeah. As long as your baseline is is high enough, it doesn't really matter if you have occasional transgressions there. Yes. And I'm yes. I'm I'm just really really thinking about how to um, how to in a way employ these this this eighty twenty rule to hacking your hacking your uh, environment in terms of air and biohacking your your air quality. Would that be Starting from not only taking the walks, but also uh, just uh, making sure your your office is cleaned up, or, or opening up your windows, or or getting an air purifier of sorts, or or what are the top three things that anyone could do to to uh, hack their office quality today or air quality today? Well, make sure you have enough fresh air. So that's that's maybe one the, the most important thing because uh, air is the the kind of uh, fuel for your brain. So if you Think think about that. That's that's really important. Uh, using those kind of chemical rich uh, cleaning 
cleaning uh, materials or the not the materials but cleaning the, agents or, uh, yes, or yes. like like uh, soaps and detergents. That's or? that's not good for your health in in any case. So I'm trying to use like mild soap soap uh, stuff to clean things or just water. That's that's good. And one really really uh, exciting or thing that no one understands or 99 doesn't doesn't uh, understand or, or take a look at it is, is the the perfumes you wear sure so for that's example it, it is a big one it is a big one now because i'm oversensitive sensitive to chemicals uh, and and i try to keep as as clean air as possible uh, around my microclimate here all the time uh, we have a rule at anaba we have 55 now 60 people uh, in our company and no one wears perfumes or if you wear it you don't like spray it all over and I always say that if you have a, if if you wear a lot of perfumes, uh, your own microclimate is like same as you would wear a bucket of paint under your nose. Wow! So you're breathing chemicals all the time, and it has an impact through the through the the lungs and and so on, but also through your skin. Mm. So that's like really important small details. So what what do you wear in in that way and uh, <laughs> I said it, this is humor, at least partly humor. But <laughs> but uh, if you think about the the Christmas gift that people buy, they buy some colognes or or perfumes there, uh, and and uh, you you might kind of give people uh, asthma for for Christmas, <laughs> right? In a longer run, because you're giving them exposure to yes. these to these chemicals that yes. you're yes. essentially wearing every day. Yeah. Maybe. And the they understand the kind of chemicals. I have a one kind of example that if if uh, you have those mucus kind of stuff in your your nose and 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 throat and and your eyes and so on. So if if you have an example, kind of what does chemicals do to your uh, do to your your health? Uh, you might want to try it out if you pour some whiskey to a glass and then put your eye in in uh, kind of above the glass. Mm. You cannot keep your eye open uh, 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 for a, for a long time because of the chemical off-gassing chemicals from the whiskey. So that's an example. A lot of those off-gassing chemicals are alcohols, uh, off-gassing from again those materials or glues or paints or whatever, and that's kind of 24/7 affecting your your health. So you're absorbing those chemicals all the time. So trying to keep it as natural surroundings as as possible is kind of my advice on that. How do you do it? Try to take the the fresh fresh out of, uh, fresh air. Try to adjust the humidity level, or at least monitor it, and then use uh, kind of wisely all the all the chemicals around you. I think those are those are some great tips. Uh, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, uh, and uh, and uh, I, I really want to be respectful of your time. We will definitely be enjoying our our newly purified air here at the. Natural, the, naturalized air, na- natural, naturalized <laughs> air here at the office, and and uh, as a keen, as a keen uh, outdoorsman, and as a, as a keen, keen uh, student, and in in and uh, adventure in the outdoors, mm. it's, it's definitely something that I could relate to with these with these tips. I could yes. I could add a few more of my own that I that I like to do. All right, what are some, those? some some of the things that I've I've personally found very helpful is uh, is a uh, is a uh, taking taking my uh, working outdoors, even mm. even because I, I have this portable desk that I oftentimes yeah. take into the park next to us. Right now we have a park right next to us here, 
uh, at our previous location we had a we had a small piece of forest yes there so what i what i did would be i had a rechargeable battery even even for that setup i could i could work wow. like like four or five hours straight and that was amazing and and having even some of these phone calls with with yeah. people with with uh, birds singing in in the background i feel like yeah. it, it really relaxes relaxes the senses there and also definitely improves the the uh, air quality and one thing that I that I also like to do is is just plain and simple work with the windows open. Like for example yes. here here just opening up the windows. I don't know what it does to the mechanical air circulation. It's probably something that our landlord wouldn't approve of. But I I feel like my productivity skyrockets not yes. only because of the air quality but because of the sensory input that I get. Yes. It's like the clear clean uh, wind and the sunlight on my skin and everything else. So I really feel that those do play a part in my my personal productivity and happiness at least exactly and and i think the kind of main idea here is that how can you use nature as a part of part of the biohacking stuff and and uh being that you 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 work at the the park every now and then and and and, and take a walking meeting with your your friends to the to the park or whatever you have near you so kind of those small details in everyday lives and we uh, as kind of biohackers, we use a lot of technology, but at, at the same kind of portion, can we can we use nature? So uh, that's that's kind of my point on on this, and trying to understand humans as 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 kind of biological creatures and animals also. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of especially a lot of kind of tech CEOs or or guys, they see their bodies as a way to transport their head to the meeting, to the <laughs> next meeting. <laughs> So kind of uh, trying to be more in, in, in contact with your nature and your biology and, and think about those small d- uh, details. Yeah, definitely. Those are the sources of superpowers as we see everywhere Yeah, everywhere these days. Aki uh, Sodansari, thank you so much. Uh, it, it's, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. And where can people find you or reach, reach, reach out to you? Uh, on, online or, or offline? Yeah, yeah. Of course, you can easily start uh, by visiting our website at nava.io. And, and I see the stories there. Actually, that, I that's have N-A-A-V-A yes, dot it, uh, uh, I-O? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a Nordic Nordic brand, so it's hard to spell it. <laughs> Not too hard to spell it, but uh, so N-A-A-V-A dot I-O. Okay. And, and you, uh, nowadays you also have, an, have a presence in New York? That's Yes, exactly. Yeah. We, we started. We have a Nava factory there in the U.S. and, and uh, working through the New York City, New Jersey area right now and, and, and then hoping to scale scale uh to to california and 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 uh, possibly miami and and, and uh, those kind of locations uh in the near future awesome and uh do you have a personal account or twitter or blog where you discuss these topics well yeah i have almost as easy easy the uh surname that you have in the, in the <laughs> international surroundings so yeah yeah so uh, we'll, we'll include that in the show notes we so. will yeah at sodom sorry which is my surname so you can Try to spell it out yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you can, but uh, yeah, you can you can pick it up from the podcast topic and, and as well as visiting our our show notes. Uh, Perfect. Th- thank you, thank you so much, Aki. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Simo. Thanks for listening to the Amber Knight Superhero Podcast. Please check out the links, show notes, and other episodes at ambronite.com/podcast. That's a m b r o n i t e dot com slash podcast. Thanks again, and catch you in the next episode.